Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez. Alright, so i got a few things we want to talk about this weekend on this episode. Um, one, uh, to start off on a sad note, um, for, those of pe- for those of you in the Fayetteville area uh, here in North Carolina, those people that served in the 95th Civil uh, Affairs Brigade and... Uh, here at Fort Bragg, or whatever the hell we're calling it now. Um, if you knew Brian Freeman, uh, Sergeant First Class Brian Freeman, he passed away. Um, you know, he's married. He has four kids. He's, I'm 49. Brian was younger than I am. And uh, it's we lost a good person. And I'm sorry that you're gone, Brian. For me, um, that's one of my fears is is that I was going to pass away, you know, within a few years of retiring from the military. And no, I don't think there's a conspiracy to uh, turn us into super soldiers or to track us or to turn us uh, crazy or to to do anything bad to us. There's no malicious intent on the part of the military. But we also can't escape that when we deploy, we're exposed to who knows what, right? Uh, When I was in Iraq, I was living 50 feet from a burn pit. Uh, It's like, come on, guys, really? We're burning plastic. All of our trash went in there. Um, Our showers were maybe 25 feet from where we were living. Our our man-made, our showers that we built ourselves, they were basically just wooden shacks and we would take a water cans and use those to shower. Um, and of course we dug our ditch so it would drain away from where we lived, but it was still way too close. Right. Um, because we didn't have a filled sanitation person. We didn't have uh, a, what is it? 68 Sierra. We didn't have anybody who was trained filled sanitation. We just had to make it, you know, make it up as we went along. And, uh, some of us are paying the price for that right now. So if you're out there, if you, um, just don't feel right in any way, shape, or form, physically or mentally, then uh, please, I ask that you go um, and just get checked out if it's not with the VA. Because I'll, I'll be honest, for me, I'll be damned if I ever go to the VA facility again. Um, because if I do, I'll, there's a very good chance I'm going to start taking people out. When I mean taking them out, no, I'm not going to shoot them. I'm not um, saying I'm going to do any of that. But what I will do is I'm going to take my thumbs and I'm going to shove them into their eyes. And I'm going to keep pushing back until I reach the back of their skulls. Why? Um, because people that work in there are idiots. They're buffoons. They're imbeciles. They're neo-maxi-zoomed weebies. They're the biggest pieces of garbage on the planet. So if um, you don't understand exactly how I feel about the people who work at VA facilities, um, let me know. Email me, and I will. Uh, we can schedule a call, and I will explain to you exactly why I don't like them. Um, but 
just if you're out there and you're you work for the VA, uh, just know that that little desk that separates us isn't much of a barrier. I can even with my messed up hip, back, shoulder, and my knee, I can still get over that desk in less than a second, and I will end your de- <laughs> I will end your life. Um, so for me, that's why I don't go in because I don't need that grief. I don't need that that trouble, right? Um, but when I do need help, I go in. I still have TRICARE and I use that. I go in to see my own doc and I go in to see my own mental health specialist um, because it's important, especially this week. Uh, over the past few weeks for me, I've just felt down. I've had like no, it's not even tired, just depressed, just no motivation to get out of bed, no motivation to do anything. And each day it's been getting a little bit harder. I still do. I get up. I go to work. Yesterday, I'm not going to lie, I was at work. And uh, I pulled the George Costanza. For those of you who don't know, George Costanza was on Seinfeld, right? And that last season, season nine, it was pretty hilarious. I think it might have been season eight when he decided to uh, start taking naps underneath his desk. And yesterday, that's what I did for about an hour. Around lunchtime, I just... uh, Shut my door, closed the blinds, went and climbed underneath my desk, used my uh, backpack, and I took a nap for about an hour because um, I not I wasn't really tired. I just had no motivation to do anything, right? And so I was talking to one of my coworkers, um, John. I was telling him how I'm looking for another job. The job I'm at right now, it's great, um, but it's not. It's a job. It isn't a career, right? It, I do provide a service and they give me money, right? That's it. That's the only reason why I'm there. And I knew that coming out of the military, I was going to need something more than that. There has to be a reason why I'm working because if there's no reason, then I might, might as well not work and just go off to the park and do Tai Chi or go downtown and just play my guitar and see if I can, people throw change at me. Maybe they'll throw change at me. So I'll stop playing my guitar. I don't know either way. Right. Um, But the whole point is like, I need something more. So I have been applying to jobs working for the state takes a while to get an interview. First of all, it takes like what, several weeks for them to post a job and then for the time to close and then, you know, for them to, for you to find out if you're referred to the hiring manager, it only takes a couple of days, but then it's dependent on the hiring manager if they're going to schedule an interview. And then, so it could take anywhere from after the, the closing date or the, the posting date, after it closes, right? It could be anywhere from three weeks all the way up to six months before I know if I have a job with them or not. So right now that's where I'm, I'm at. I'm just... Waiting. And this waiting is uh, kind of wearing on me. Um, So I still go run, you know. But this heat is like, dear Lord, it just, it's just unbearable. And the humidity this year is is up there too. Last year wasn't this bad. And so it's just rough. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if this, uh, Covenir and the Myrtle Beach Marathon is going to be the year I qualify for 
the Boston Marathon because I, I just can't put in the miles because it's just too hot and too humid here. Every time I go run, I feel like I'm suffocating. I feel like I'm drowning, really. Um, but, you know, if, if that's my biggest complaint, then that, that's a pretty good life, right? Um, so, again, you know, for me, I, I've just been feeling pretty down. Um, then hearing about Brian, you know, that, that made me think, too, that, yes, I'm feeling pretty down, but I still need to get up and get out and enjoy life as much as I can um, because I don't know how much time I have left on this planet. So what do I have coming up, right? So next week, next week, four days, right? So for four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm going to go to NerdFest, the Galaxy Con in uh, Raleigh, right? Nerds unite, right? That's where all the nerds in North Carolina go and to meet up and just to be nerds together. Now, I don't have a costume because, um, honestly, I don't know what, what I would be. Um, I wanted to go as Majin Buu from Dragon Ball Z, but I just didn't have the time to put together a, a costume. And I only want to go as Majin Buu if my granddaughter can go with me. She can dress up as Goku or Vegeta or something, you know? Um, but, yeah, that, I'm going to do that, right? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take pictures with the, the cast of Star Trek. I'm going to take some pictures with the Hardy Boys, the wrestlers, um, because I like the Hardy Boys. And so I'm going to do it. And I'm going to take pictures with whoever else is there that I feel like uh, getting taking pictures with. And, you know, buy some nerd, some more nerd stuff and, you know, collect here in my, in my office. But I enjoy doing that, so I'm going to go do that. And then the week after that, it's not even the week after that, a few days after that, I'm going to go see... Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls out in Greensboro. We bought the VIP uh, package, so I'm s- sitting in the second row. This is as close as I've ever sat to anyone uh, for a concert, so I'm pretty excited about that. And got the meet and greet too, so I'm I'm pretty jazzed about uh, finally getting to meet the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, so again, right? Um, I was feeling depressed, but there's things to live for. There's things to do. Um, Alfredo sent me this amp and. Uh, I still have yet to try it out, but I'm going to um, have it because I've been busy with this class for my PhD program, uh, which leads me into the next topic that I want to talk about, right? Leadership, 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 leadership. Uh, so I'm in this program. It's PhD for global leadership out of Troy University. Uh, if you're interested in pursuing a PhD, I recommend this, um, especially after the, having this professor for this uh, term, Professor uh, Lemoyne. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, but she's awesome. Um, she adjusts her critiquing style to the student, which is awesome um, because I don't like fluff and I don't like feedback three times. I don't like it twice, thrice, any more than that. No more. I need feedback one time and that's it. Okay. And I need you to be direct with me. Don't fluff it up. Just tell me straight out. This was garbage. And this is why it was garbage. Okay. Or this was adequate or this was awesome. This was superior. 
Great. That's all I need. I also like, um, there's some assignments that we had to do, right? There was one, how to do an outline. I hate doing outlines uh, since I learned how to do it in elementary school. Hate outlines. Hate it, right? And every step along the way, I was told in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, graduate school, you have to, I was told, you have to have a proper um, outline because if you don't, then your papers uh, aren't going to make any sense. They're going to be disorganized. They're not going to work. I don't like outlines. I'm not going to waste my time doing outlines. I'm not going to waste my time doing something I don't like. So I would just jot down ideas on a piece of paper and they'd be on like 10 different papers, pieces of paper, and they'd be all over the place. I didn't know what order they were in. Sometimes it was, there was so much crap on one sheet of paper that it looked like a Jackson Pollock painting, right? Well, it doesn't matter. It works for me, right? And so she gave us an assignment where we had to do an outline to prepare for this literature review. And I did it, but it was crap. Um, but she didn't grade it off of the format, which was awesome, right? She graded it based off of the content that was on there. And she gave me feedback on the content, which I greatly appreciate. Because um, looking back and reading it, it's like, yeah, there was something on there that she commented on about duplicating my, my thoughts. And I did. I hadn't even noticed that. And uh, that's what I like is just give me feedback. Right. And on a previous assignment, it was substandard. And she just came straight out and said, this is not appropriate for this class. This is substandard. You can take the grade or resubmit it. So I redid it and resubmitted it. Right. I think I mentioned that before, but I liked that she was just direct and said, hey, this is just crap, buddy. You mailed it in. You thought you were going to slide by it, and I'm not going to let you. And so I appreciate that. The reason why I'm talking about her is because um, she is a leader. She knows how to adjust her styles to the people in her class, right? If she needs to be firm, she's firm. If she's supportive, she's supportive, right? And I appreciate that. In the military, this is what – if you're in the military right now, if you're retired from the military – thinking about joining the military, you need to understand this. 99% of the people in the military are not leaders. They are managers. There's a difference, big difference. Leaders provide, they give you guidance, they give you instruction, they give you purpose, they support you, they help raise you up, right? Managers just make sure you do things, right? That's it. They make sure that you do things. And that's what people in the military do, right? Um, so, it, again, I like using CA as an example because that's where I spent most of my career. Um, a few years ago, there was this captain who did a research paper, and she sent out a, a survey to um, the captains that were getting out and because she thought it was a big problem that captains were getting out. It's, it's not. It really is I, – I, she was a captain and she was getting out and she thought that if she brought this to light, that it was going to, you know, cause some, some great change in the organization. No. And you want to know why? Because you're just a captain and you, you are easily replaced. Once you leave, there's five more in line waiting to take your spot. 
and you're not that special. And you need to understand that. All right. And the reason why I bring this up is because she, she brought out this poll, this survey, and it said that there was a, you know, they weren't receiving any training or any guidance from the leadership in the brigade. And I totally agree with that. That's 100%. What she fails to mention is that she was in a leadership position. She was a leader. She's a captain, right? So she was on a team. She was team leader. I'm a team leader, right? <laughs> and she's, so she's a team leader. So she has three people under her. Well, when they were on mission, they were out deployed. I don't know why she thought it was appropriate. There was one day when they went on mission that she stayed back in the capital city and went to the beach and let her three guys go out on mission. It's like, what the hell kind of crap is that? And there was a, this story. It's like, wait, well, you don't know, understand. It, it doesn't matter. Unless you're injured or hurt, you should be on the mission. And if, if, if there's something that's it, that doesn't allow you to go on the mission, then you sure as hell shouldn't be at the beach. All right. I also asked when I saw this survey, it's like, where are the questions that asked? At the time, you were not allowed to drink in Latin America, right? On deployment. So I asked, where's the question that asks, did you drink while deployed? Oh, well, we're not going to ask that question. Well, why not? That's relevant. You're asking these captains that are getting out of the military if they are, if they received any training, but you're not asking them if they paid attention to the orders that they were given. All right. Now do you ask them, I didn't see the question, did you obey the two-man rule every second that you're deployed? Because if you're deployed, you can't be alone. You have to be in a two-man room. Two-man rule, right? Once you leave that house or the embassy, you have to be in a pair. No, I didn't see on there, hey, did you break curfew? You know, because if you're in these countries, you have a curfew, whether that's 10 o'clock or midnight, 11 o'clock, whatever. You have some sort of curfew. I didn't see that on there. Now, my favorite, which, of course, was not on there, was did you have some sort of romantic relationship with somebody in country, whether you're married or single? And for the people who are single or who are out there saying, well, if you're single, you're not breaking any rule. Well, explain this to me. If you're single and you're deployed, you're in the two-man rule. How are you going to have a date, but your buddy has to go with you, your friend? Okay? You can't take the, the vehicle, the team vehicle, because that's government property. You can't take them back to the team house because that's government property. And I know you're going to say, okay, well, we'll take them to the hotel. Well, you can't use a government travel card because that's government funds. So what are you going to do? Oh, we'll go back to her house. Okay. So you're going to go back to her house? Well, there's a curfew. And you're going to say, well, we're inside, so we're, we're maintaining curfew. Okay. So are you going to have your friend go with you and just sit in the house and just stay there all night? It's like, no, don't give me your bullshit of how you did it and it was legal because that's all it is. It's bullshit. You can't. But I didn't see any of these questions on there. And it, it, it's important because she's a manager. She was not a leader. And she was looking for a scapegoat to explain why she wasn't even a very decent manager. Okay, and it's not just her um, on the NCO side, right? Chris was on here before, uh, my buddy from the 82nd. Chris was talking about how when they were supposed to deploy to Afghanistan, that him and one of our other buddies, they got into a car crash. And Jojo, what was his name? Jojo Brown, Sergeant First Class Brown. 
all of the, all of the staff sergeants or his buddies called him Jojo, right? So I'm not in the military anymore, so I'm going to call him Jojo. And if he has a problem with it, it's just too goddamn bad. Uh, but Jojo, um, Chris was very appreciative because Jojo went and helped him out and got some paperwork or whatever. So um, the police department dropped the, didn't look into the case anymore, and he was able to deploy. It's like, well, and I had to explain this to Chris. Of course he did. He didn't do it because he was your best friend. He didn't do it because he was buddies. He didn't do it because he liked you, and he sure as hell didn't do it because he cared about you. He did it because you were within a month of deploying, so you had to go. Who else was he going to send? Nobody was trained up. So it was in his best interest to get you on that plane and get you the hell out of here so you can deploy. And that's just the truth. All right. Jojo was nobody's friend. Okay. And we need to understand that. When you're in the military, it you're all managers. All right. And like I said before, um, these officers who run around saying the same stuff that the last 20 officers said, you're not intelligent. You're not impressive. It, it, it's unoriginal. And you're just stating the same stuff that has been said over the last hundred years. And it doesn't matter how amusing you think you are. If you say, however, comma, or, but wait, there's more. It's like, you're not funny. Nobody thinks you're funny. Everybody just wants you to shut up and just move along. Okay. Because everybody knows that the only thing you have to get through to us is punishment. You do what I tell you to do, or I will give you an article 15, or I will kick you out of the military. And you need to understand this. When you threaten that you're going to kick people out of the military, it's oh, that threat only works for people who are indefinite. Like once you go over 10 years and you realize and you're indefinite now, now that threat will work. But if you're under 10 years, I'm going to kick you out of the army. Okay, bye. It's not a threat. And that's why you don't hear them say that. They say, oh, well, we're going to give you an Article 15. That's that's our go-to move. And so we need to understand that, right? And why, why am I saying this? Um, because when you come out of the military, you have to change your mentality. You have to be like my professor, Dr. Lemoyne who figured out how to speak to her students, how to communicate with their students. Because I haven't spoken to her uh, directly at all this, this term. It's all been through just email, right? And she's still effective at communicating just through email. Now, why is she so effective in emails? When people in the military who are standing two feet away from me can't get me to go along with their with their ideas. And let me be perfectly clear. I was not the best soldier. 70%, right? 70% soldier. I, I mentioned it here before. When I was in Paraguay in 2009, got sent home for drinking, right? Um, SWIC created a video so they could show an ethics video. And they I think they still might show it. Um Loosely based on me, uh, because in the video, it shows that one, the person was a team sergeant. I was on the team sergeant at the time. Two, it shows that the individual was drunk out in the street and the police officers um, rounded him up. But as they were rounding him up, he pulls out a gun and points it straight at their face. Well, I didn't, I wasn't in the street and I didn't have a gun. We didn't even have weapons in country. So uh, 
yeah, I guess believe it or don't believe it. I actually like that story um, because it makes my recovery that much better, right? Um, because when that happened, I didn't have any leadership saying, hey, well, you can recover from this. What I had was I had oh, Waldo uh, Falacios telling me, hey, I'm going to send you to the 82nd Airborne Division, and then you could just get out of the Army. All right. Like nobody told me that, hey, uh, you know, you could petition. The day I uh, got into trouble, I was on a plane flying back. Uh, by the time the plane landed, the results for the Sergeant First Class Board had come out, and I was on that list. And so I was flagged for an entire year, and then I was removed from that uh, the E7 list. And so everybody thought that I was not uh, that I would not get promoted. Nobody told me that um, I could have I could petition to have um, stuff expunged from my file, or I could have it. Uh, move to my restricted file, except for Drew. Drew helped me out. And uh, so that's what I did. And Drew's a leader because he tried to help people. Now, of course, people are going to butt heads and not everyone wanted to listen to him. Uh, I did because he's an intelligent fellow. And he does. He cared about the people in his unit. And I wish there were more people like Drew and Dr. Lemoyne on this planet who just gave a damn, who didn't worry about um, a promotion, about earning the most money, about just helping people out and trying to get the best out of people so you can be the best version of you. And so to bring it back all the way back to um, one of my first topics, that's why I am looking to work for the state of North Carolina or the city of Raleigh. Uh, I want to work for government, but not just a, any government job, right? I had a job offer from uh, the Department of Commerce, but it, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't really helping people. I was working as a mediator. I was going to work as a mediator, and it just wasn't for me. Um, so I'm looking at other positions that help people in the community, help people who just don't know that they're a better life is not that far away. And that's all I want to do. I want to be a leader. Um, in my military career, I was spent 22 years in the military and I can be honest and say that not one second of my military career was spent as a leader because I wasn't. It's only now that I'm in this PhD program and I have the time to breathe and look around and actually see what leadership is, what true leadership is, that I'm actually learning the concepts and being given the opportunity to apply apply them. And, and so I'm grateful for this opportunity. And bring it back to Brian. You know, he was a good person and I know he, Brian, tried to help people. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to waste the time that I have here, um, hoping and wishing for better. You know, I want to get out there and I want to do better myself. Um, so, so this, uh, episode, it's been a little, little heavy, uh, a little depressing, 
but it's not meant to be that way. It's meant to so you, so everybody out there understands that. Hey, if you're in the military, and if you think you're a leader, you might want to take a second and actually reevaluate that because most likely you're a manager, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, again, the military, it's a big war machine, right? It, that, that's its sole purpose is to fight and win wars. Now, um, this is just me, my personal opinion. I wish our government would let the military win wars. I've had this discussion with people. Um, I don't, I'm not a warmonger. I don't want, want our country to go to war. I wish any uh, international conflict that there was, I, it could be settled through diplomatic means, go back to the negotiating table. As If it takes 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times, keep going back. But once war is decided, then that's what you're going to do, then allow our troops to win. And what I mean, what do I mean by that? I mean, go Machiavellian on them. That means if you're going to send them into country X, then you let them plow down. Anything that's living needs to be dead. Anything that's in front of them needs to be laid to waste. Um, because that's the only way you're going to actually win a war. Now, that's just my personal opinion. And again, I don't want anybody in the United States to ever go to war. Solve it diplomatically. There, There is a way. All right. War should be the absolute last, last option. But once you decide, then let our people win. Okay, now that's just my opinion. Um, I know most people are going to say that's insane. Um, you can't go around just killing everything in sight. And I would argue that you could look back in history and you could say that, yeah, you actually can do that. Um, for some reason, we're told that the United States, we have this, uh, we, we're, we're on the high moral ground, but I, I don't really think we are. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, so again, just remember, um, you're not alone. If you need um, assistance, you know, you can email me here at arantoniorodriguez98 at gmail.com. This isn't just about mental health or physical health. Um, oh yeah, um, for those of you that get out um please just watch like watch yourself your your, your weight you know because we retired from the military we didn't retire from life um you know we're, we're, we're fighting against all those chemicals that we were exposed to while we were deployed um we shouldn't help that along by um packing on a good two to three hundred pounds after we retire Okay, um, so for shout-outs, I, I just want to shout-out Yasi. Yasi, you're my boy. I miss you. I love you very much. Um, just keep that golden hair growing and just know that Papa loves you. Okay, so until next time, um, just remember, do you have something that makes you special? All right, just identify what that is and maximize it to its fullest potential, and I know you will be successful. I hope you all win, right? Because you're all winners out there. Um, I also just want to say um, I'm so happy that college football season is just about a month away. I'm so excited about that. Um, so until next time, I'll talk to you later. Zot, zot, zot.
and roll tide.